Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I have with me a fellow Coloradan, Dr. Matt Allen. Dr. Allen, say hello. Hi. Nice to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, I love having um, Dennis on the show who still practice and turn entrepreneur. So I'm really grateful to have you here. I think our audience uh, always likes it when a fellow dentist um, or someone who's actually uh, been in their chair, uh, if you if you will, is on the show. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into dentistry and then how you got into your area of expertise now? Yeah, it's a great, a great, uh, a fun story, maybe. Um, I think as I've been listening to several of your episodes, kind of preparing for this, and it sounds like a lot of people have dads who are dentists, and I, I did as well. Um, so kind of was exposed to it, never thought that I would actually do it. I almost dropped out of college to pursue a career in music, thought I was gonna be a rock star that didn't quite uh, turn out the way I hoped, which was fine. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, you know, have been working in community health in Colorado for a number of years, uh, really wanted to make a difference and was working at a great FQHC uh, in Denver. And through that, uh, through a mentor of mine there, uh, you know, highly integrated. So my, one of my mentors was, was a medical director. And he kind of introduced me to this idea of what's called motivational interviewing. Essentially, how do we talk with people to help them make good choices? Uh, I think oftentimes in dentistry, that's often a you should do this, right? Uh, and that would be great if that worked, but unfortunately it doesn't. And so this, this kind of style of communication that comes from originally addiction therapy and has kind of come into medicine, um, you know, really, really uh, was speaking to me and kind of inspired me. And I said, where is this in dentistry? Let's, let, and I couldn't find anywhere. So I said, great, I, I will help bring it to dentistry. And so that's what I've been doing for the last five years, really just kind of living it. I joke sometimes that you know, I've spent the last five years trying to forget that I'm a dentist uh, sure. so yeah. that I can really understand the patient perspective and right. what will work in terms of that and, and what do patients really need from us as dentists. Yeah, you know, I've thought, um, I've thought several times that it would be great at some point to have 10 or 12, 14, 15 consumers come on the show. Mm-hmm. And lastly, let's ask some questions, right? That kind of feedback would be interesting, I think, to, to hear those kind of candid responses that a lot of consumers um, would good. So let's talk about motivational or motive, motivational interviewing, right? So let's talk about, um, you mentioned kind of the definition of a, l- a little bit, but what does that look like to a dentist? Um, what should they be doing? What should they be talking about with patients? Yeah, it's a, a re- I think it's so important and something that I think is becoming more known in education. Certainly when I talk to younger dental graduates, uh, they're, they're certainly seeing it, especially a lot of hygiene graduates. Uh, I think it's something for the entire office, certainly not just the dentist, uh, but really kind of goes back to the idea that if traditional patient education worked, right? So brush your teeth twice a day, floss, you know, right. blah, 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 whatever we, we might tell patients, we would see a lot less cavities right now, right? Like we wouldn't have these issues. So really, you know, kind of comes back to our understanding that this is a really behaviorally motivated disease uh, especially with caries and periodontal disease. And so what patients are doing at home in the thousands and thousands of hours that they're outside of our dental clinic every year really makes a difference. Um, so 
is there a different way that we can talk to them when we're in our office that might help them, empower them to choose those behaviors that are healthy instead of just kind of telling them what to do? I think often we think education or some sort of knowledge is the most important part of behavior change. And it's, it's foundational, obviously. People need to have some knowledge generally, um, but then there's this kind of next level of, of motivation and you know, having the right things, et cetera. So that's really what uh, I think we can focus on more as dental professionals is why might you wanna do this? How would you? Uh, finding patients' own reasons for wanting to make change is much more powerful in terms of actually helping them do that. Sure. What do you think about that interviewing patients more before a diagnosis even happens in the sense that, or before they're ready for a diagnosis. So the first time a patient comes in, um, what should that look like? I know, and I tell Dennis all this, I'm like, you need to keep time open on your book every single day for new patients, because if you can't get them in, they're going somewhere else. And I think that's really important, but if they're last minute, if they're coming in, cause they're in pain, that probably also, also means that we're kind of skipping steps, right. And not really interviewing them to find out what motivates them. Um, and really the motivation I have to assume, and you're the expert in this, not me, but in my experience is pain and pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the two biggest motivators anyone has, mm -hmm. um, or at least that I know. And, and maybe in your techniques, you see some different things. I want you to share that, but if, if we can understand what causes them pain and what causes them pleasure, um, we can really help them navigate how their treatment plans are going to go. Correct. Yeah. I think that that's a, a very, um, you know, good framework, right? Like in terms of, I don't ever start an appointment without asking a patient, whether that's a new patient, whether that's a, you know, a, um, emergency patient, potentially, you know, what's important to you, what matters most to you. If it's, especially if it's a new patient, I'm always going to ask, what are your goals for your teeth, for your oral health? Right. And now that's allowing them to kind of set that North star. So I want to keep my teeth healthy. I want to be able to eat till I'm 80. I want my teeth to look a certain way. I don't want to be in pain. Uh, I want to be able to smile at my job whatever that might be, right? Now they're the ones who are saying that. And we can start to say, that's a really great overarching goal. Let's talk specifically about some of the things that might, you know, you might need to do to get there, right? There might be some things that we need to do here in the office, um, you know, whitening your teeth or, you know, whatever that placing sealants, if they just want to prevent cavities, whatever it is. Um, but ultimately, a lot of that is going to happen at home. So let's talk about specifically what you think you can do at home and why you might want to do it and how you can do it, et cetera. Sure. So let's talk about um, steps. What are, what are some things, what are some steps that Dennis can take today or anyone on the team for that matter to actually get better at communicating, to start to incorporate, um, you know, MI into uh, their daily habits and, and how they communicate with patients? Yeah, this is a, you know, a really, I've spent the last five years thinking about this. What can we do? What are specific pieces that we do all the time? So here are a couple of things that I kind of generally encourage people to do is number one, ask engaging questions, which are generally open-ended. Uh, so, you know, not, not telling people what to do, especially, but like when we're asking them those questions, make it so that they can answer in a way that allows them to kind of envision what that will look like. Um, I, especially for the rest of your staff in your office, um, what I call setting the table. So here's my name, here's my role, here's my time, here's my agenda and like ask permission. So hi, I'm Dr. Matt, you know, we've got about five minutes today to chat and kind of think about what your goals might be before we review your x-rays. Um, you know, does that sound okay with you? Um, so that people know who they're talking to, if it's a dental assistant or whoever, everyone can do that. that that's helpful in terms of engaging patients. Um, and then, 
we often share information with patients and that's super important, but to do that with a framework that encourages patient feedback. Um, so in motivational interviewing, the framework is called elicit, provide, elicit. Uh, to me, that sounds jargony. I like explore, offer, explore. So sure. find out what the patient knows. So if you're going to talk to them about dentures or crown or whitening or sealants, whatever, what do you know about this? Share some information. It's got to be brief, not filled with jargon, you know, not, not a stupid, not the time to stand on the soapbox. Right. But then most importantly, perhaps is to reinvite the patient back in the conversation. What do you think about that? What does that mean to you? What questions do you have about that? Now you're starting to have this conversation where sharing information doesn't become a monologue. It becomes a dialogue. And that's really where we start to see patients take that information and make it actionable. That makes sense. What following that up, what are, what are some things that dentists that you see dentists do a lot and things that they say, what are some what, you know, if we had a, a, a jar in a room that had to put $5 in it every time they said something, um, what's going to fill that jar up? What words are going to fill that jar up the fastest? Ooh, yeah. What, you know, I think ever like so many people have really good intentions in this, right? So I don't think it's something that we're trying to do, you know, intentionally to make patients feel bad or whatever. But I think what I see most is just a lot of dentists assuming values for patients. Um, so well, I'm sure you want to be able to eat too, right? Uh, or I'm sure you want your teeth to look a certain way if a patient hasn't said that. Right. Um, and then, so that's number one. And then number two would be essentially giving patients answers. So if a patient says, well, you know, I want healthier teeth. Uh, let's say a teenager said that, well, I want healthier teeth. I just forget to brush my teeth at night. Oh, well, you should, you should really set a reminder on your phone because that will help you, right? So it's like, we're trying to solve the problem because generally dentists are fixers. Right. Um, instead of saying, oh, cool, you, you know, what ideas do you have? And 99 times out of 100, when I talk with a teenager, they're going to you know, find a way to make their phone help them remember to do that thing. But we want them to say it. We don't want to offer that in the, as the, you know, as, at least as the first option. Right. Uh, we want to try to give them the opportunity to find that solution for themselves. It's just it's a much more empowering way of, of communicating in general, not just with patients, but with your kids or you know whoever. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I have I have teenagers, and uh, yeah, you definitely. I, you know, my first recommendation is don't recommend anything to teenagers you actually want them to do. <laughs> just you know tell you take the toothbrush away hide it somewhere let them find it and then they'll start brushing their teeth you know i think yeah. it's a way to there go. you go right it's, it's i think that's a pretty true it's 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 a psychological truth that people want to find their own answers and generally are more successful at implementing what they you know think of when it's their yeah. idea it makes a lot of sense so let's talk about um let me first of all tell my audience your website your url mm -hmm. It's mdavidmi.com. So M, then the word David, or the name David, I should say, and then mi.com. Um, I want to encourage our audience to go there. Um, and then real quickly, uh, you know, a couple minutes or less, um, tell me how you work with dentists across the country and, and, and kind of what that relationship looks like if someone wanted you to help with uh, implement better communication into their practice. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, over the last five years, I've really been training dental professionals in this, whether that's, you know, usually before pre-COVID times, I would host a two-day workshop in person in Denver. Um, I would, you know, be part of national teaching collaboratives, et cetera, to help dentists do this better. Um, but I've worked with private practice, private practice offices uh, to help them as well. And obviously during COVID that, you know, can happen via, uh, you know, digital formats, which is really nice for people in terms of not having to travel. Right. Um, 
so and just allow it allowing us a lot more touch points so yeah i mean if you're interested in this it's yeah I, I really do think that there's a huge benefit to patient satisfaction to office satisfaction etc and and our new kind of way that we're thinking about this is taking it directly to consumers um, to kind of help empower them that if you, Hey, if your dentist might not be asking the right questions, you still can. Um, and, and how do you do that? And how do we help empower you? So that's kind of the new digital health startup that I founded to kind of speak directly to consumers to work on that piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I definitely want, I want to have you come back on the show and talk about that, but it does bring up a point that consumers as much as we don't like it, um, as much as we want to fight it, consumers do drive, um, trends in medical and dental. Um, there's no a doubt about it. And it's going to continue um, down that path for quite a bit. So um, some of these things we just absolutely have to embrace um, the way the behavior is changing. And, and uh, I know some of some people will resist until they can't afford to resist anymore. Um, <laughs> Dr. Uh, Allen, I want to I want to thank you very much for coming on the show, uh, Matt Allen. Check out the website, everyone, mdavidmi.com. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.